we've learned anything from these past couple of years, my fellow Americans, is that personal medical freedom and liberty are in crisis. America Out Loud Pulse brings together the top experts in healthcare-related fields to keep you a beat ahead. Hello, hello, our wonderful, wonderful audience. Our wonderful audience, welcome. This is Peter Bregan. This is Ginger Bregan. Who knows more good, <laughs> who knows more good medicine than this MD and helps keep me in top shape. And I hope I do the same for you, darling. Yeah, you do, all the time. Um, today's show, although beginning with a little bit of, uh, of levity, is on AmericaOutloud.news. It's the Peter and Ginger Bregan show on a uh, daily event there, five days a week, called America Out Loud Pulse, which uh, occurs every evening at 5 p.m. and has tremendous people on it, um, doctors who are really at the top of the movement of health freedom. So check it out. The show also airs on too many platforms to even... Uh, all the podcast all, platforms. All, all the basic really. podcasts. And it's the work of our dear friend Malcolm, who is... Um, I want to reach out to him and say, Malcolm, you're working too hard on that. Uh, all that you're doing and we're a little bit uh, eager to see you let God take some of this burden off you so you can relax a little so if you're listening to that uh, consider that now today's show is both disturbing and edifying and very moving to us in a number of different ways our guest is not exactly a household name but she should be and her name is Rhonda Miller. Now, we became aware of Rhonda in, a, in the midst of, of tragic circumstances. Rhonda has been working for a long time as a colleague of Judith Reisman, who is well-known, but we believe should be far more well-known. And Judith died on April 20th, 21. And we, I'd known Judith. She I'd, died suddenly. Died suddenly, which happens amidst intrigue too often among our people. Um, Judith, I don't know, did I know Judith before you? Because I was working no. with her. Judith contacted us early when we were together, I think in the 80s or the late 80s. And we talked with her several times. You did some form of a radio show and you interviewed her. Uh, this was well before we even moved up to New York. And then over the period of time, we've interviewed her several times. And then just before she passed away, we had been in touch with her again and done another interview and she had sent us a zip file, uh, a zip folder of all of these various files. But at that point in 2021, we were trying to finish up 
our book, COVID-19 and the Global Predators, and we were really pressed. And we never even opened that zip file. And she came to mind to me. Uh, what? Well, and she died very shortly she, before sending us that zip file. She sent us that zip file and died like a week later. And we had been in communication with her two or three times during that week. Yes. Well, And then uh, she just came to my mind about a month or two ago. And I remembered that zip file and went and looked for it and found it and opened it up. And I found uh, just a wealth of information. And it reminded me of all the work she was doing. And at this point in our research, her work so ties in with everything that we've been trying to do in regards to helping to restore goodness and individual sovereignty to humankind in the midst of the globalism. Um, and from there, I found her white paper, which has not been published formally, but is available online. And I discovered the woman who is now our guest today on our radio show. Co-author of the white paper. Right. This is a long introduction, and we yet have not told you what the topic is. What Judith Reisman has done working with Rhonda Miller. Judith Reisman had the courage as a single woman, to, I don't mean she was single, but as a standing by herself human being in the beginning, to take on Alfred Kinsey and his work in um, one of the titles of the books, America, uh, Women and Sexuality. I think the first one that came out was Male Sexuality. Sex, sex and what is it, Rhonda? Human sexuality, sexuality, hum, human sexuality, and the behavior of male. I think. And now you, uh, now you got me wondering. <laughs> sexual behavior in the human male—that's what it was. Sexual Thank behavior you. in the human yeah. male, and then sexual behavior in the human female. Right now, I saw this book as a high school-aged person, I believe, because although it is obscene, although it is criminal in nature although it is destructive to the world, although it was done uh, with, as far as we can now tell, we're going to ask Rhonda about this, with CIA influence, which is probably how it got into Book in the Month or however else it got into our family. It got into Ginger's mom's family, so it was in Ginger's house. And it is a, it is a criminal book trying to destroy all that is sacred in America, all that is sacred, although it addresses sexuality. And um, it addresses sexuality, including bestiality as a normal phenomena. And worst of all, which we'll be getting into, and here I want to warn folks, there could be a few minutes that are going to be hard to listen to about mass child sexual abuse reconfigured uh, as a lesson that children are sexual from birth from birth so I want to I want to get to this right now and then we want to go to Ginger's comments if she has more and to Rhonda there's a big introduction on a huge topic he took 
data given to him where at least one predator had, had uh, raped uh, hundreds of children and then other data from child rapists and sadists and near killers, if not killers, because these people, anybody who do that kind of thing will do anything. And he made believe it was scientific data. He took the experience of being tortured as an infant by a man trying to get in you as signs of orgasm. This is how evil, and I, I see, thank God, Rhonda Miller nodding on our video, which is not, we, we, don't, we don't give out the video. It's very informal. Uh, and he set up criteria for orgasm, which are identical to responses to extreme torture. This was found by Ginger Bregan. Rhonda may have made these connections. Rhonda already. and Judith made the original made the connections. connections. So, Ginger, you, what do you, you want to say anything more about this? And um, then we'll give it to Rhonda, and she's going to have a lot of time on this segment and on the next two segments. Um, basically, I, this is the most disturbing. It, it's also disturbing that he he really advocates any kind of sexual act as being natural and and welcoming it. And uh, I found a quote. I haven't verified that it actually came from him. Uh, that he supposedly said the only unnatural sexual act of a human being is one that he or she can't do. Mm. So uh, that opened yeah. the door to God you knows know, everything. I didn't know. Um, I, in a way, I apologize here to Rhonda because I didn't know I had so many, so much feeling and so much, and to you too that I wanted to let out first. I think ironically, this man was tortured and tortured himself in an effort to get sexual pleasure and he died of orchiditis that's inflammation of the testicles again i'm glad to see Rhonda miller nodding that this is true and what an irony that he tortured himself to death in a way and um we, we're looking at evil and sickness in a kind of personalized way and yet a universal way that uh, we've. I just don't remember doing it. I just thank Ginger Bregan. I do thank you dearly because I would not have done this. It's well, uh, you know, Peter. I realized that this is the kind of thing that it's very hard for you to look at, and for some reason, uh, I have a, an ability to hold that. You've got such objectivity in so many areas, but for some reason, I have an easier time with the children's issues looking at the awfulness um and yeah, the feelings that come up in me when i confront something like this are unaccustomedly angry and violent <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and it, it just um it's it's it stays in my mind forever right i know and um that's not the best thing but this is so important and you're 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 giving this a rebirth in America. It's really and important Rhonda's that Rhonda has been doing that too. Yes, it's and I know Rhonda has been working in her own arena and in political arenas to try and get uh, uh, representatives and congressmen and statesmen of various levels 
to recognize this and to yeah. turn this kind of thing around or at least shine the light of the sun on it so that uh, this evil can be pushed away somewhat from our culture yeah. and from the ways that it's affected us. We, we believe that this is deeply connected to the uh, increasing child abuse, to the global abuse of and trafficking of children. Just one more orientation, if I may, is his book on the sexuality of the male came out in 1948, uh, shortly after the war. And then the book on the female sexuality came out in 1953. And then he died in, I believe it was 56, uh, fairly early in his life. And that's important because if I grew up in Indiana, in uh, Huntington in the 50s, well, we moved to Huntington in 1960 or so. And I grew up from the age of nine years old and living in the 60s in that small town in Indiana was was like living in the 1950s in the rest of the country. So I had a childhood of relative innocence as a preteen and as a teenager. And in looking back at what was happening in the 60s in on the on the coasts, uh, the east and west coasts and the metropolitan areas, the free love and the uh, turning to drugs and the hedonistic kinds of behavior and attitudes. All of this was predated by Kinsey's permission to start to throw aside any kinds of sense of boundaries or forbiddenness. And it was like tasting of the forbidden fruit of the tree yet all over again. With that, I think we should give this to well, our we, guests. Yes, we, We've got four minutes four left. Four minutes to this segment. <laughs> uh, Rhonda Miller, president of Purple for Parents. I'll let her tell you about that. She's a field coordinator for the John Birch Society. When I grew up and my parents, uh, you know, were my uh, first sources of much information, I thought that the John Birch Society was an organization of anti-Semites. And then um, I got to know Alex Newman, who has been affiliated with them and has his own organization. And um, I've learned that they were just way ahead of all of us. And so they were a target to be destroyed. And I'm welcome. I welcome you here, Rhonda. You have a brief three minutes and then you will get the second segment and I'm going to bite my tongue. Well, thank you guys so much for having me on here. It's a real honor to be able to have this conversation with you today. And yes, uh, Peter, I understand as a man, um, your your sense of anger as you start uncovering and what gender shows you is happening to children, because that was the natural reflex for men as protectors and defenders of the family and of society. And so it is hard to digest what um, Kinsey was actually doing and what he was involved in. But as the president of Purple for Parents in Indiana and a field, now a field coordinator of the John Birch Society, it gives me platitude to take this issue on and take it even further in helping people understand the crimes that were committed um, through Kinsey and his network have infiltrated every 
aspect of our society. So I look forward to having this conversation as we go forward and um, exposing what was really happening and going on. And unfortunately, uh, as a, a born and raised Hoosier, um, Indiana is responsible for it. Indiana is responsible for paying for the oh. Institute as of 2016. So it's, it's our responsibility to take it down. Okay. And um, ha, ha, what's your response to what we were saying? Does any of it need uh, refining or correction? No, I think you're 100% spot on. Um, because you're talking about the crimes, you're talking about what he did to children, you're talking about his network and the CIA. He very much was protected by the CIA, which is why Judith ran into many brick walls trying to uh, get him investigated, get the Institute investigated. Um, and, you know, at one point she was given a, a large grant uh, through the Department of Justice uh, to actually do some investigation, but it was shortly thereafter shut down um, because uh, I believe the deep state and the cabal uh, did not want that uncovered and they wanted it kept under wraps so and they unfortunately smeared judith um they really went after her and really targeted her and tried to nearly destroy her and she she was an incredible fighter because she she kept going it didn't matter she kept going and was bound and determined that this information was going to get out there yeah god bless her for doing that and this leads us into this terrible sense that i've also been struggling with about how these global predators really are satanical. This this deep state is satanical, and I'm not even a Christian. I'm Jewish, and that's kind of I'm not used to thinking that way at all. But the depth of evil. This is like one of those windows into the depth of evil of also the deep state that really, in many ways, and. I'd like you to address this when we come back in, in a, a brief period of time. Whatever you know about the involvement of the deep state, it's a reflection on the depth of evil in our society, in our globalist organizations, which Judith was very aware of globalism. It's in her executive summary, which means that you are aware of globalism. We'll take a break right now. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be with a company that shares your values. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Cholesterol, blood pressure, blood sugar, inflammation, and weight. These are all real-world problems that 87% of Americans are struggling with. Often, there are no symptoms, but left unattended, we become inundated with one health problem after another. It's time to fight back with Heal Right. Heal Right is a bar that you eat, but it's food as medicine that addresses the nutritional root cause of health issues in just eight weeks. Developed by world-renowned scientists and backed by 15 years of research, Heal Right is effective, but it's also delicious and works without additional diet or lifestyle changes. Step out of the statistics 
and use food as medicine. Visit HealRight.com slash OutLoud or AmericaOutloud.shop and use the code OUTLOUD for 20% off. And we're back with Dr. Peter Bregan and Ginger Bregan and our guest, Rhonda Miller, whom we are both so pleased to have on our show today. Rhonda, go ahead and pick it up, if you would, from uh, where we were when we took the break. Yeah, Peter's right. There is a very much a deep state cabal that does exist, and it is a satanic network. And I do believe that what Dr. Kinsey was doing, Alfred Kinsey was doing, was feeding that system. I mean, he was, um, he admired Aleister Crowley, um, who was a Satanist. Aleister Crowley worshipped Baphomet, um, where they were child sacrifice, right? So um, it's no wonder that we are now seeing this explosion of Satanic network and the pedophilia network that all coincides with it. Um, These child sex crimes, sex torture on children, to determine that they are sexual from birth. I mean, he was given uh, unfettered access to pedophiles and to rapists in prison. He was working with a pedophile out West. Uh, I think his name was Rex Green. And Rex Green, uh, it's even quoted in our paper that we worked on um, in a course of his torture of children. Um, Some children... Was, it was extremely painful for what he was doing to them. And they would scream out. Well, it was because he was raping a young child and he's a large man. And it, as it was said in the paper, there was a fit problem. But unfortunately, these kinds of sex crimes, um, that, would have, that would have gotten him either sentenced to prison or sentenced to death, right? You didn't do that sort of thing prior to these books that came out. And so it's it's very um, nauseating to know that all of this was an effort to destroy America's uh, foundation on God, a foundation on family values, on foundation on uh, biblical principles. It was all towards that end. And it was, it is very satanic. And there is a coordinated effort to destroy the country from within and this whole network of alfred kinsey and the rockefeller foundation and the cia is all part of it yes how do you think people including me i guess i was in my early teens when i saw this book and people like uh, the families that this book went into their homes how do you think we all glanced through this book and although and really took away from it an idea of sexual freedom rather than sexual abuse? How did I do that? I don't, I was, uh, you know, I was reading heavy stuff as a teenager on my own not from school. I was, I was reading the philosophy, I was reading Spinoza, <laughs> Plato on my own and so on. How did I not see it? How did people not understand the horror of his graphs of how long it took this uh, pre-adolescent boy to have an orgasm and how many orgasms they could make him have and the babies who had to have been tied down? Do you have any thoughts on having done all this work to even to enlighten this psychiatrist and psychotherapist about how, how that book went unexposed to Judah? Well, I think part of it, Peter, is 
because they was there was a coordinated effort prop, to spread propaganda during World War II. Uh, Alfred and his network were sending um, they were sending propaganda overseas to our soldiers, telling them their women were being unfaithful back here and being sexually free and practicing this, that, and the other. They were doing the same thing here in America, telling the women that their men were over in World War II and they were they were being unfaithful. And so I think that the, the mindset of the sexual freedom was already being laid um, with all the propaganda that was being spread. And so when people read those books, I think they kept they, they came from that mindset thinking there was sexual freedom to be sought. And people don't often know that that Hugh Hefner read the book just like you did. And he decided he was a virgin in college and he decided, Hey, these guys are having all this fun and I'm missing out. So he then decided to start Playboy and, and so to be Kinsey's pamphleteer. So when he started Playboy, then the Playboy and then the pornography industry takes off, right? So that becomes a normalization to all of this sexual freedom and this, um, uh, sexual activity that just spread. And so we now know that when that happened, pornography then started feeding into all of the sex trafficking of the young children because Hugh Hefner included um, young children in his pornography and in his cartoons. So it's sad to say that when those books came out, the mindset was already being laid uh, through the propaganda um, that this was this was a sexual right. You had the sexual freedom to do this and that it was normalized. And people did not put two and two together when they saw those charts, I don't believe, and started realizing that, hey, something had to something had to take place that this shouldn't be happening. This is child sex torture. I don't think people were able to make the connection. And unfortunately, Judith did. And when she read the book, um, she realized you can't do that to a child uh, without holding that child down. And she sent you know, the information off to her colleagues and they came back and, and, and outlined for her that certain things had to be done in order to be able, able to capture that data from a child that they would have had to had been na naked, strapped down, arms and legs strapped down and stimulated around the clock to determine they were sexual from birth and you could have a, a four-year-old could have 26 orgasms in a 24-hour period. So Going back to your question, I think the propaganda was already being laid that people weren't able to critically think when these books came out that this was actually sex crimes on children. I think that's absolutely right. I think also in looking at the book, it's 800 and some pages. It's huge. It's uh, the, the vast majority of it deals with adult sexuality, which I haven't even delved into in the book yet. And one chapter particularly focuses on pre-adolescent children. I believe it's chapter five, and that's the one that we are talking about. The data in there is uh, contained in graphs. So you've got charts with data and unless you closely look at the charts and think about what they're saying you can miss it and if you're kind of curious as to if you're an adult male or female and if what you're doing is the normal thing that other people are doing you're going to skip over that chapter the other thing is i think that one of the things i find is sometimes when i first hear about evil 
I bounce right off of it. It's so hard to think about or to look at that I pull away. I, I'm, I'm redirected in other places. And I think that's an aspect of evil itself to push us away if we are going to be critical of it, to prevent us from seeing it, even when it's in front of us. And I've had to really follow Judith's example and and really just uh, make myself look at this data with as clear an eye as I can to see the kind of impact it's having on our whole culture. You really do. You go you ahead. Really you really do. And that's the only way we're going to overcome this evil is facing it head on by ignoring it and turning away from it. We're, we're not going to be able to fight it the way we need to. And I, I, I still run across that um, in presentations that I give. In fact, Thursday night, I was giving a presentation on education and I started delving into some of this and I could see the people getting uncomfortable and um, and I just tell them, you know, we can't fight something we don't want to recognize or acknowledge that exists. So that's that's the number one thing we have to start doing. You're absolutely right. And at this point, it's gotten so bad that we now have children being mutilated physically uh, because they become propagandized at, at at really early ages as preschoolers. Uh, I mean, I remember hearing about a preschool that had... Uh, uh, something I think they called it opposite day where boys dressed up like girls and girls dressed up like boys. That's grooming. That's early, early grooming uh, treated as play, which it is very confusing to kids. It is. And that's all part of Alfred Kinsey's Kinsey scale, right? On you know zero to six, you can be you know homosexual or heterosexual. It's the same thing with the whole gender confusion. You can be a boy or a girl. You can be anything in between. Tell us and, about the Kinsey scale, would you? Because that I haven't gotten into a lot. Yeah, so the Kinsey scale from zero to six is what the scale is, and it's still being used today. In fact, Thursday night at this presentation, I was talking about uh, one of the patriots that I that I work with. She had gone into their local library and she had found a children's book, and she showed it to me that night. And in this children's book is the Kinsey scale, and so it was interesting. So it is still being used today, but he he you could rate anywhere from zero to six, zero being exclusively heterosexual or six being exclusively homosexual, or you could be anywhere in between there, meaning you could be bisexual, transsexual, whatever you wanted to be in that scale. And so unfortunately you're right, uh, Ginger, it is, they are targeting young children in that same model that Kinsey used, uh, you know, back in the fifties and sixties, when he, you know, or 40s and 50s before he even wrote this books. Um, so that is essentially what the Kinsey scale is about. And I, my understanding is I heard a little bit about the Kinsey scale. And my understanding is that's used as the norm now to justify all of this early. Uh, oh, it's so much more than just acceptance, this early grooming of kids to decide that they're sexually fluid and so forth. Frankly, I think that the uh, sexual drive that's imbued into human beings is so deep and so strong that with, uh, with a push in this or that direction, you can end up going in a lot of different places. But I also think that so much of that is culturally imbued 
in the opposite way that Kinsey was saying. I, I think that uh, the encouragement of that fluidity becomes just incredibly confusing. It does. And sad, it's sad to watch what they're doing with the children. And, you know, something I uncovered here in the state of Indiana that I worked really hard with uh, trying to expose here is how big pharma played into all of, of this gender confusion through the program called social emotional learning. Um, and that's where they're bringing in all of this into the schools through various forms, whether it be the curriculum, the books, the after school clubs, whatever, but it is absolutely, you're absolutely right, gender. It is grooming. It is grooming children to either try to be something that they're not or it's grooming them for sex all this sexual perversion and sexual activity and it ends up grooming them to the point that now you've got uh you've, you've got a lot going on with adults and children that never never should occur i i want to make it clear that uh i personally anyway believe that adult human beings i don't want people, adult human beings, to feel ashamed or terrible about the way they end up discovering their own sexuality. But the boundaries that exist to propriety, to, to what one what one's self wants to do versus what you're doing it to another being, be it a child or be it an animal, which Kinsey also advocated bestiality. These things are beyond the pale. And we really need to reset our culture to understand that there are things that just are not acceptable. Child sacrifice isn't acceptable. Child sex abuse isn't acceptable. Same with animals. Uh, that's a good starting point. And that would be a good place to begin, I guess. Well, homosexuality has been a part of the human experience going all the way back to the Bible, uh, you know, which is negative about it, but it shows that it was existing long before all the propaganda. And I think it's important that people who feel this way are often, like everybody else, really good people, and really kind and decent human beings. I, I have in particular had a number of of gay men and some gay women in my practice. They, uh, many of them were simply aware of being like this very shortly after they were aware, and they go back to age three or four and knowing they're different and knowing they felt differently than the people around them. And I've never been able to, and neither uh, any of the therapists I know, been able to particularly attach um, being homosexual to any kind of abuse. I mean, the, the most I've been able to attach it to is just difficulty, you know, identifying with uh, one or another sex of your parents, uh, often being distanced from one parent or another, but that's so common anyway. So I just think that we're not here in any way at all condemning homosexuality i'm not not in any way and i'm not either and um so we just as long as we make that clear um rhonda you and we're speaking again with rhonda miller who is a uh, just a uh, marvelous uh, conservative lady who is um doing this amazing work 
we'll be finished with the second segment, then we'll go on to the third. I have two suggestions. One, I'd like to hear a bit about you and Judith and how much your influence on her and hers on you. That might be too much for two minutes. And the other thing I would like to hear about is these amazing things that you said about undermining the GIs away in war, at World War II, and, you know, frightening the women uh, at home about what their husbands might be doing. Because that's that, and it keeps coming up, that's that undermining of basic American principles and the interest, ultimately, I think, of promoting globalism. So And undermining the family yeah, unit. Undermine, yeah. So you've got a minute and a half and then to pick up again. <laughs> so... Okay, so what was the first? What was the first one you want me to address? Um, oh my God! Well, just address the uh, undermining. Yeah, the undermining. So yeah, so I think it was in one of Judith's books that she stated that you know she she brought out that they were sending propaganda overseas to the men, telling them that all their women back here were being loose and free and not faithful, and and so it put doubt in their minds, right, as they're trying to fight the war, and then back here they're telling all the women their men are over there living promiscuous promiscuous lives as they're off on you know outside of the war effort, and so it created all this doubt and confusion to, in order to cause problems between marriages. So when they came home, the men came home from the war all mentally worn out and from what was happening over there. And then they come home and they're having to, you know, rebuild the relationship between their spouse and not realizing that both of them had been had been targeted with this mind control propaganda. It's not unusual for our for our government to start playing mind games. They've been doing it for decades, right? The CIA is, CIA is very good at that. So um, that is essentially what was taking place. And then it set off this whole effort of, you know, the free love, free sex. You can do do whatever you want, whenever you want, as often as you want, right? Right. And without the love, especially if you do it without the love, because if you do it with the love, then you're not going to do it freely. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's right. And we're ready for our next break. We'll be right back. Expert opinions, honest debate, and in-depth investigations are what you've come to expect from AmericaOutloud.news. We don't shy away from speaking the truth boldly and plainly. All that's missing is the propaganda that has infected legacy and social media. Get the best of down and dirty, wholesome, American speak. Now is our time, my fellow Americans. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. You've all heard Dr. McCullough and others share over and over the value of keeping your sinuses cleansed. It's a smart move all year, but even more so when we're cooped up inside. It's not really open for debate any longer. Those that live smart and live well pay attention to nasal and oral hygiene. Cofix RX has just the tools for the job with our nasal and throat cleanse. Click the Cofix RX banner on AmericaOutloud.shop to get 20% off your entire order. That's right, AmericaOutloud.shop. Use coupon code OUTLOUD. That's coupon code OUTLOUD for 20% off your entire order. Use CofixRx because it works. 
Uh, we're back with, uh, this is Peter and Ginger Bregan on America Out Loud Cults. And uh, we're talking with Rhonda Miller. Rhonda, tell us a little bit about your relationship with uh, Reisman, with Judith. Um, we have we had a lot of affection toward her and, and she toward us. And um, it's amazing, you know, that she came back into our lives. And it's amazing that there is so much about globalism in the executive summary, I turned to Ginger and I said, you know, did some of that come from our conversations? And my suspicion is, no, that it probably has been there for a long time. So there's just a couple of things about your relationship with her and the question or two. Yeah, so I had actually met Judith. I had read her book, um, Sexual Sabotage. Mm-hmm. And that really opened my eyes to what was happening. I mean, I had stumbled on the whole sexual uh propaganda, the sexual education of children, had no idea the rabbit holes that I was about to go under and so are down. So I read her book, Sexual Sabotage, and then I had started reading um, uh, the next one. I don't remember the exact name of it, but I ended up flying out to Arizona to a national conference and Judith actually sat behind me. Her and, and another one of our colleagues were there. And so during the break, I actually turned around and I had started striking up conversation with her and realized she is an incredible, incredible woman. And so I got my picture taken with her. And from there, we built a relationship. I and mean, we, we called and talked quite frequently. Um, it was funny because she would, uh, she, I'd pick up the phone and, and, and she would be singing, help, help me, Rhonda. That was her favorite thing in her own little, in her own little way. So, and then, um, we built such a relationship and trying to take on the Kinsey Institute here in Indiana, right? We brought her back here in 2019, um, had our national conference here, actually took her to the Institute. She had never actually physically been there. So we did that and took her um, right to his house, the former uh, place where he lived, where he'd done all the experiments. And so we unloaded the bus and she got out and was pointing to the house and, and she was, um, it, she was actually, it was a great experience for her. You could just tell it was written all over her face that she really, that impacted her a lot to be able to finally get to do that. And so, um, and then in 2020, right before COVID, um, she and I, uh, I had said something about, she wanted to, she wanted to go meet with Jim Banks um, in Indiana, Congressman Jim Banks. So I said, okay. So I, I drove out to DC. She got a hotel room for us and uh, we actually Ubered. I'd never Ubered in my life. And here she is, this little <laughs> 80 some year old woman and she's catching an uber i was like it was a wild ride so we uber into um the offices the building where uh, all the offices are for the congressman and um i'll never forget this because she was just a little tiny little thing and she's just swinging open these big wooden doors right to all the all the congress uh room congressman's offices and she's just plowing in and she's trying to get a hold of them and talk to them and it was it was a great experience watching her. She was determined. She was going to have conversations. We did end up having um, a couple conversations with um, representatives. Uh, his their offices. They, it was on Friday. They weren't in. Um, but we it was it, it was amazing to get to spend that time with her um, because that was the last time I ever got to see her personally. Um, she wasn't able to make it back here for our 2020 conference, and then of course um, she passed away in in April of 2021. So, um, but we would we would talk frequently I talked to her I think it was um, uh, two days before she passed and um, I just checked on her to see how she was doing um, because you and I both know um, that she uh, was forced to do things that she wouldn't have normally wanted to do and um, so 
I, I do believe that's what led to um, her vaccination. Yeah, her vaccination. Yeah. 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 And so I, I really try, I tried to talk her out of it. Um, but there were circumstances that she was, um, she felt like she had no choice. So unfortunately, and so, um, yeah, I was, I was very thankful. I had that conversation with her two days before she passed and she, she was still her bubbly self and she, um, yeah, she was, she was a little live wire and you were not going to, uh, you were not going to, to detour her for, from her mission whatsoever. And she was, she built the legacy, right? We're all standing on, she laid the foundation for us. And I'm yeah. so thankful that all the work that she did and all the effort that she put in, because we are now able to um, take that and continue to, to build a network to expose all of this, which is she, if she were here today, she would love the attention that the Kinsey Institute is getting. She would love the fact that we've been able to defund it. Um, oh, and tell that us about that briefly, because that's news. Yeah. So last year, and this was one of the promises I had made to Judith, um, as we, she knew we were picking up the mantle here in Indiana. And I told her, I said, and Judith, I promise you, I will not let go. I will continue to go after the Institute. And so last year, um, we had worked with a freshman legislator, um, and she was, she was, uh, willing to carry the, the, uh, amendment, um, Last year was our budget. We are a biannual budget state. So last year was our budget year. And so through the budget, she brought forth her her amendment on the second reading on the floor of the House. And it was interesting because, um, you know, Indiana is a, known as a red state. Um, but the uh, GOP people that we have here are um, anything but conservative, I would say at this point. And so when she brought that amendment forward, um, they allowed her to, to bring it down and she uh, called for a roll call vote. And um, that sent the Speaker of the House and many of the members of our House uh, into uh, a fit, um, if you will. And so she got a second. She got a second on the amendment uh, roll call ask and the Democrats all started coughing so that that wouldn't get heard. And, and one of the members shouted over it um, so that she did get it. And so it, it did pass, um, but they all had to go on record either for or against the Kinsey Institute, which is not what they wanted to do. There was a Democrat from Bloomington um, who got up and railed on this representative. She held her ground. I was very thankful for it. Um, he paid a price. Uh, we did we did use that video and go after him over it um, and expose him for defending a pedophile and his network, right? So um, it, we're very thankful that it did. It did pass out of the House. It stayed intact uh, in the budget um, all the way through the Senate. We had we had operatives that we sent inside having conversations with the senators, making sure they didn't pull that out of the budget because we were afraid they would over in the Senate. Senate. And um, we're very thankful that it did stay intact. So uh, they cannot legally use any taxpayer dollars now to fund the Institute. And there's a whole list of things that they cannot do. So at this point, it has thrown IU into total chaos um, of what they're going to do with the Kinsey Institute. We are uh, working from every direction we can to hold their feet to the fire. They are continuing to be defiant. Um, they're not being forthcoming. Uh, they are continuing to try and cover their tracks. So we are we are bound to determine that we are going to uh, make sure they do not use taxpayer dollars to fund this institute. I will tell you, years ago when Judith uh, was working with some of our legislators, there were four in the state of Indiana that actually got into the institute and went on a tour. Um, two of them 
we had still kind of tried to work with in 2020 uh, or 2019 when she was here, she met with two of them in a private meeting um, with some of our legislators, pastors, and conservative leaders. And um, her team actually met with our AG as well at the time. And so um, those two would still, would, 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 tell you when they you talk to them about the institute that it is nothing more than a porn factory and so especially one of them had a really deep voice and every time you would talk about the kinsey institute he would just get extremely angry so the fact that we were able to defund it last year was was a huge huge, huge. victory congratulations so, yeah so we are continuing to go after iu make sure we hold their feet to the fire and they they do not fund it bravo this accounts for something Ginger picked up, which were these uh, enormous self-defenses that they put into the 50th edition, which, of course, is bad PR for them. The 50th edition of the female book. The female book. Yeah. You want to say a word about that? Or? Well, it was like, I think it's 18 pages of justification as to why this is okay, that this book is still being And published. criticizing Judith. And oh yes, that's, and it it, it, says, it it kind of says, well, there wasn't a whole lot of problem. And then a Judith Reisman came along in the early eighties, and, and I thought, go Judith. <laughs> yes, she was not going to let up. I mean, she had a very personal reason as to why she was going after the institute, right? Because of what happened to her, her daughter being raped by the neighborhood boy who had been reading porn or watching his, you know, reading his dad's pornography magazines so she had a very personal reason as to why she was going after the institute and think thankfully she did i mean because you know the lord opened so many avenues for her um to be able to do that and still and still be alive i mean we used to joke you know how she was not you know uh clinton what do they call it clintonite or whatever i mean because you you i mean it was amazing that she actually uh survived in and continued the battle because she had gotten so close to the institute but um you know and, and she they they sued her in croatia um the pornography industry did and she won so what does that tell you and they were never going to do that here because that would that would be that would be opening up a can of worms right because be disclosure everything would have to come out in the open and they were not going to have that happen so um she was a fighting force and i'm i'm so thankful that i got to spend that time with her and get to know her and um and and be able to pick up the mantle and and run with it and, and dedicate the efforts back to her and you're a co-author on that amazing executive summary that white paper Yes. Can you yes, talk about did. that a little bit and what you, what you did and also about the globalism. I was very surprised and because um, I had been talking to her about globalism and we'd, yeah. uh, you know, we'd been really involved in those conversations. Yeah, go ahead, please. Yeah, so she and I had been talking about uh, putting forth this this paper uh, for some time, and then she got. As I told her, I said, Judith, we have we we've got to write about that, I and mean, we've got to get that out in the open, the global connection, and what was really happening with the deep state and the cabal, right, with their ties to this. And then um, she had gotten a uh, the 1951 Look magazine just dropped in the mail to her, and I remember the day she got it, she called me and she was so excited, and she's like telling me what's in it. And I'm like, Judith, we have got to put that in the paper. We've got to to make all these connections so that people what was understand. That? I, don't, I don't know about this Luke Luke Luke, yeah, Luke so, magazine. <laughs> yeah, so the uh, back in the 1950s, this Look magazine was quite popular. Apparently, I had never yes, heard it was of it. A big deal. 
Yeah. And so somebody had uh, been in, I think, at a bookstore in Minnesota, I think it was, and had found this, uh, her husband did, had found it, brought it, bought it, brought it home, gave it to his wife. And she was, I think, one of our national colleagues, if I remember the story correctly. But she, she just dropped it in the mail to Judith with a note and said, hey, my husband found this in a bookstore. I thought you would like it. And so it, it put a huge piece of the puzzle together um, of, of more of the cabal connections and the... Um, and I think it was the uh, connections to the the mental hospitals. And so when Judith called me and she's like so excited about this, I'm like, Judith, we have got to include that and we've got to get this paper written. So um, uh, to her credit, I mean, she did she did most of the the, the writing on the paper. Um, we strategized on it. I participated in in collaborating with her on it. And um, yeah, it's it's an amazing piece that really puts all the pieces together of the deep state ties and the cabal and the satanic network to all of this in one uh in one paper and uh we had talked about you know trying to get it published and, and do something else with it before she passed and it just unfortunately never happened so it just maintained its status as a as a work in progress paper but it's up on our website it's up on her website um so we do we do i do carry a copy with with me wherever i go when i speak so that people can see that there is documentation as to uh the connections of all this because when you look at it and the totality of it um it very easily puts the pieces of the puzzle together i'll link to it in the write-up that we, that accompanies this podcast this radio show and then the podcast so that people can go to that to that paper. Great. Judith had told me personally about the work that was being done uh, between the Institute and I think it was Columbia University, uh, the state mental hospital, the local mm -hmm. mental hospital. And the one in New Jersey. And, uh, you know, and it sounded like torturing lobotomized patients before and after to check their sexual reactions before and after lobotomy. This, this is Nuremberg Code class human atrocity of people confined in state institutions under force of... Uh, where they have no choice at all about what they submit to. Even if they say they have a choice, they have no choice. Just like a Jew choosing uh, freezing experiments rather than the gas chamber has no choice. So can you say a few more words about that? We got, a, we got about three and a half minutes left. Yes. Yeah, so he was given access to the CIA and the Rockefeller Network to get into Rockland State Hospital in New York and in the Greystone uh, Park State Hospital in New Jersey. And so this he was, was Kinsey who was given yes. access. Yep, it was the Columbia Greystone Project Brain Research Project that he was given access to um, in the children in the mental hospitals, mental asylums. And so they were, you know, they were captured victims, right? So you could go in and experiment them. And it was before and after lobotomy to figure out if their sexual stimulation was still um, the same after the surgery. And it was, it was horrific. Some of the things that 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 were done in those hospitals. But unfortunately, it's not the first time that our government has done that, right? I mean, they've experimented on us all along, including up until COVID. Um, but what what transpired in there is just, it's, it's absolutely horrific. Um, Judith found uh, pictures of children being strapped into chairs, um, just the torture, the torture that went, went on was just, it's it's heart wrenching and it's maddening at the same time that children, um, just to be able to capture their sex histories, would be would be in such a 
volatile state that our government would even would even think that that is acceptable. You're right, Peter. It's like Nuremberg 2.0, um, which I might add, the Nazi soldier that he worked with uh, at his Nuremberg trial, uh, when the judge asked him, why are you sending your statistics back to Kinsey? He said Kinsey asked for them. He was part of the Nuremberg trial? Von, von, von Bolusek, yeah. Von I Bolusek, had no idea. Yeah, Von Bolusek had been sending his statistics as he was raping and torturing children uh, as they were captured. Then he was sending his statistics back to Kinsey, and in Nuremberg trial, he was asked why he was doing that, and he said because Kinsey asked for it. This was it. This was in the Warsaw Ghetto or in Poland. It's. No, um, I'm not sure exactly which oh. location it was at, but wherever okay. the trial Spell was taking his place. Name out for us I've got it. Room. I know. What it Oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, Von V O N, I think B U L C S E K. I think. And do we know what happened to him? Did they he get convicted? Some people, not many, maybe a dozen of these people were hung. I I honestly don't know, Peter. No, Peter. He he didn't because no, he, he was right. he was convicted later of rape in Germany, yeah. and Kinsey's issues came out then in regards to his trial in Germany in the mid fifties. So he was not uh, hung during Nuremberg. Thank you for this this connect connection. Um, I need to add before we close, because yes. we're very close, that uh, Dr. Bregan and I are coming out with a column in America Out Loud on the Kinsey issues that deals in greater depth with uh, your work, Rhonda, and of course with uh, Judith Reisman's, Dr. Reisman's work. So uh, thank you. And, I, uh, and in a word, how do people contact you? Right. Quick as possible. Yeah, so we have a Facebook page, Purple for Parents of Indiana, and then we have a website, purpleforparentsindiana.org. And then they, I, they also can go to jbs.org and uh, find me there as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, this is Rhonda Miller. You should be a star in the conservative and then world firmament for what you're doing. Thank you very much.